Welcome to Puzzling It Out, Thoughts and Perspectives from a Clinical Psychologist. Hello, my name is Dr. Gail Lewis, your podcast host, and a clinical psychologist practicing on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, or these days, practicing in my apartment, doing remote telepsychology as we are all homebound, doing the shelter-in-place thing and trying to deal with all of the craziness. Yes, psychologists use the word craziness and insanity and fear and all of the unknown shit that we're having to sit with. So, the title of today's podcast, I'm not going to repeat it because you can probably see it on the screen. Um, I'm going to paint a picture here. So we're in about the fourth or fifth week now of having to shelter in place. And um, I was first going to focus on people who are living by themselves, but I also think that this, this applies to people who are in couples um, who, for reasons known to them and maybe only known to them, the idea of having to occupy a space together for this amount of time is actually not doing a service to their relationship. So we have been told we have to stay at home, that we can't touch anybody, we can't be within six feet of anybody, and I think most of us are struggling with that. You know, as human beings, we like to and need to connect with other human beings. It's just part of our DNA and part of the way that we have learned to and innately are accustomed to moving in the world. So not being able to touch anybody. Yeah, we can touch ourselves and there could be some pleasure in that. There could be a lot of pleasure in that, but that could get old. And I think we all know it's not quite the same thing as being physically intimate with another person. And we're not allowed to do that either, unless that person is cohabitating with you. And maybe at this point, you don't even want to do that with them. So... You get a text from your ex, or you text your ex as you're sitting home feeling lonely, feeling anxious, feeling desirous, worrying that no one's ever going to touch you again and that you're never going to touch anybody again. And you look at this text from your ex who you haven't seen in a while who you broke up with or he broke up with you or she broke up with you. Um, realizing, you know, this guy, this woman wasn't good for me. But in the text they're saying, come to my apartment. And your first thought is, well, 
I probably shouldn't. This isn't a good idea. This whole COVID-19 thing. We're not supposed to do that. But there's somebody who wants me. There's somebody who's there who's going to touch me, who's going to make me feel desired and desirable. And I'm going to have some human contact with somebody. It doesn't matter that this person treated me badly or that I didn't really like this person in particular or that there are a variety of reasons why our relationship didn't work out. But I'm getting a text or this person's responding to my text and I have an option here to be physically intimate with somebody. One of those things that we're not supposed to do with people who are not living in our space with us. So I'm going to go over to his or her apartment and we're going to have sex. I don't know if this person has been with anybody else. I don't know how this person spends his or her day. I don't know if he or she is protecting him or herself by wearing a mask, by wearing gloves, by washing their hands, by disinfecting themselves and their surroundings. I don't know if this person is fucking other people. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. I don't care. I just want to be touched. And then the morning comes. And you're on your way home. And I've always hated the, the phrase, walk of shame. I think it's such a, I don't know, just a demeaning, disgusting term. But I think in some ways it applies here. Because if any of your awareness of all of the rules and regulations and guidelines by which we have been told to live our lives in the past several weeks are coming into your consciousness as you are walking home, it's quite likely that at least one of the feelings you're going to have is being ashamed. And that might be a very personal experience for you in terms of what the shame is about. Shame that you were just sexually with an ex when you promised yourself, I'm never going to see this person again. I didn't like the way our relationship was. I should have been stronger. I should have found another way to deal with my anxiety. I should have called a friend. I should have called my therapist. That could be some shame. There could also be feelings of terror. Oh my God. I just had sex with somebody and I didn't even ask if, if he or she has been protecting him or herself during this whole time period. If he or she has tested positive for COVID-19 and if so how long has it been 
since they've shown symptoms or if they've been in contact with somebody who has had COVID-19 or if they are washing their hands for 20 seconds every time they wash their hands and if they're doing all the things that we're supposed to be doing and if they're sheltering in place in the way that they're supposed to be doing and oh shit we didn't use protection <sighs> shit and then the panic comes what the fuck do I do now I don't want to tell anybody because if I tell someone they're going to humiliate me they're going to tell me that I was stupid that I was thoughtless I was inconsiderate because this isn't just about me this is about all the other people in my life that's what that's what Dr. Fauci is saying. That's what Andrew Cuomo is saying. That's what all the doctors and nurses who are taking care of COVID-19 patients are saying. This isn't just about you. It's about all the people around you. This is why you wear a mask. It's not to protect yourself. It's to protect other people from you. So I just had a sexual encounter with somebody who wasn't being considerate of me and at the same time I wasn't being considerate of him or her and I don't really know how considerate this person has been acting towards other people in his or her life before I went over to his or her apartment what have I just exposed myself to what have I just exposed this person to? And then there's more anxiety. I wanted to talk about this because um, I'm, I'm hearing about people um, obviously having an incredibly difficult time uh, and you know, the difficulty with sitting in one space for the duration uh, that we have had to has been very troubling for, I, I would say, most, most of us. And you know, for many, it's, it feels untenable. For many, managing the anxiety and the stress and the fear and... Uh, the worry and the what-ifs and the sitting with the unknowns, managing all of that, they might not have the skills to know how to do that effectively without having to act on those feelings. And a lot of us do that. A lot of us act out of an intolerance of whatever it is that we're feeling and often this is unconsciously motivated. Um, we feel like we have to do something. Uh, I'm gonna give you an example. Um, you come to recognize that you shouldn't be, let's see, you shouldn't be eating a pie a day. Let's just say, for example, Someone who specializes in eating disorders is giving that as an example. 
Yes, you can laugh at me for that. So you shouldn't be eating a pie every day. And so then the question is, well, what do I do? What do I do? Like asking people, what, like, what, what should I do? Because you're realizing that you have to change something and your first thought is, I have to take an action. As opposed to sitting with thinking about, why am I eating this pie every day? What's going on? What is this pie doing for me? Asking those kinds of questions, which most of us don't want to be asking ourselves. We just want to stop eating the pie and be given a concrete solution as to how to stop eating this pie. We want something formulaic, we want something linear, we want an answer, and we want it now. So going over to your axes and fucking them is not a thoughtful decision. It's an act out of feeling intolerant to whatever it is we're having to sit with right now. And we think that it will help us feel better. And we think it will help us feel needed and wanted and close to somebody. And that the touching of our bodies with another person are going to take care of all the other feelings I just mentioned. And I'm sure that you can add to my list. But I think as most of you listening to this know, even if we weren't going through this pandemic right now and you got a text from your ex under normal circumstances and you did the same thing you probably would come to some realization of shit I should have done that that's right I don't feel so good after I do something like this it doesn't make me feel better and if it does it's only for a moment um it's kind of like the same thing with people who binge and purge, for example. People who binge often do it, actually most of the times they do it, to regulate some emotion they're feeling that they're uncomfortable with, with the unconscious idea that if they just fill themselves up with food, emotional eating, and it's usually done in a very kind of rushed, shoving it down your throat way, that whatever feelings they have will be pushed down by all the food. And then they'll feel better. And if you ask somebody who's, who's a binger, they will tell you that there's a period of time during, and maybe just a couple of minutes after they finish their binge, that they do feel calmer. And then what comes into their consciousness is feeling overly full, feeling disgusting. That's a big one for people who binge. Feeling like they're sick, um, both mentally and physically they feel sick. And then feeling like they have to do something about all of that anxiety that they're now feeling and recognizing that they probably shouldn't have binged. And the cycle goes on and on. But back to dealing with the lack of touching and the acting out on that right now during this pandemic. The, the people whom I've spoke, spoken to about this who have 
acted out in this way. And I do, I do think of it as acting out. Um, and if you want to interpret that pejoratively, go right ahead. Um, I don't necessarily mean it that way. I, and I'm not judging it. I mean that a lot of people understandably are having a really hard time knowing how to deal with the feelings that are coming up right now. And the feelings of stress and everything else that accompanies that that are coming up right now are probably exacerbated in the way they're showing themselves or the way they're being felt likened to other times that you have felt stress when the situation hasn't been so overwhelmingly scary. It's just a heightened expression of how you normally express your stress. And let's just say if under normal circumstances you have a difficult time sitting with your anxiety and sitting with the unknown um, and you tend to want to do something as opposed to finding ways to sit with those feelings, which is not an easy thing to do by any means, you're more likely under these circumstances to act out of that anxiety, act out of that stress, to behave in a way to try to diminish that stress or in a fantasy diminish that stress because it is a fantasy that if I do A, B, C, or D, if I go over to my exes and have sex with him or her, I will feel better. I will get it out of my system. I will have somebody touching me. I will have somebody caressing me, kissing me, making me feel loved, making me feel wanted. And then I'm not going to want it anymore. I'll be good. I'll be good after that. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way when we're not in a pandemic. And I think those of you who are listening who've, who've done this before, in some kind of way, whether it's a sexual acting out or whether it's acting out with food or acting out with drugs or with alcohol as a way to limit, diminish, numb, uh, get rid of the feelings that you're having that are feeling so intolerable. It's a fantasy that whatever way you go about trying to extinguish those challenging feelings that we're sitting with, the effect, the numbing, the calm, the sense of ease. It doesn't last very long. The storm comes back and it might come back even stronger because now it's accompanied by feelings of regret, of shame, of disappointment, of fear that other people are going to judge you, of you judging yourself. And in this case, the added on issue, as I mentioned earlier, is have I just put my life at risk? Have I just put this other person's life at risk? 
And let's just say this person that I was just with intimately has not been taking care of him or herself, has not been sheltering in place in the very strict way that we are supposed to be doing. And let's just say this person has infected me with COVID-19 and I don't know about it. And I happen to go back into my apartment building and I pass people in the hallway and we're in the elevator together or I see them in the laundry room or I'm not thinking and I touch my face or I, whatever. However, this disease is communicated. I still feel like there are a lot of unknowns about that. But I have now become an incubator and a, a possible vessel for not just infecting somebody, but killing somebody. And if I unknowingly had COVID-19 and I went over to this person's place to relieve my anxiety and I gave it to him or her, then he or she is in the same situation. He or she is now an incubator of this disease and possibly could be transmitting it unknowingly to people within his or her vicinity unknowingly with the potential of making those people sick or killing them. Unfortunately, I don't think that at the height of one's anxiety and need and experience of feeling wanted when you get that text, when you're feeling alone and alienated and secluded and lonely, I don't think the thoughts of the severity of the consequences to other people besides yourself are being considered much less the consequences emotionally to yourself but we're talking about consequences of mortality consequences of killing somebody and I'm doing this podcast because I really want you to think about this. And I'm not in any way suggesting that you should try to find a way to make it easier to shelter in place. I think all of us in some respects are going bonkers right now. Um, this is not how we're meant to live our lives. Uh, and all of the repercussions of shelter in place you know, economically, emotionally, physically, mentally are taking a toll and as each day goes by the toll is just growing and growing and that's very difficult for all of us to try to find a way to manage but I'm asking you Forward this to somebody who you think 
might be potentially somebody who might be acting out in a way that is putting other people in danger, not intentionally, but by being thoughtless, not in a malignant way, but in a self-preserving way and in a way of trying to manage their own intolerable feelings. If this is you who I'm talking to, try to think of other ways to manage your anxiety. Call a friend, text a friend, call a family member. There are mental health hotlines. Call a mental health hotline. If you already have a therapist, call your therapist. Find ways to mitigate whatever it is you're feeling without exiting your home and going into someone else's home when the risks are so much higher now than they've ever been. Thank you for listening, as always. I hope that this has given you a lot to think about. As always, if you have any questions or you'd like to discuss any of what I've just spoken about with me, you could find me on my website, which is drgaillewis.com. My email address is on there. My office phone number is on there. While I'm not working from my office right now, I am working remotely, so I have access to getting my messages. And there are um, opportunities to schedule an appointment should you wish to talk to me further about this. Please stay safe. Please think of other people when you're trying to stay safe. And please keep in mind that what's going on right now, as awful as it might feel for you, this isn't just about you. This is about a whole lot of other people who I am sure you do not want to unknowingly hurt or potentially kill. Thank you. Thank you.